lost the weight upon my shoulder. Now it's easier to walk. I can see the road before me. I am not afraid to fall. All right, welcome back to Beautiful Shifts podcast today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, we're just so grateful that you're here listening with us and grateful for some of our new listeners and followers yes, that welcome. we have as we're continuing on with season two. <laughs> yes, yes. We're a few episodes in now and it's been awesome so far. I so. And I feel like almost every episode I want to say, this is a very special episode. <laughs> yeah, they all are. <laughs> they all but, very special, but this yeah. one is, um, Dan and Michelle Wadsworth and they live in yes. our neighborhood mm-hmm. and I know that our a lot of people will be inspired by them yes. and just so impressed with them. And those of you that are listening that know them will just, just continue to be impressed by who they are. Yes. Yeah. So Dan sustained a critical, um, spinal cord injury last year. So that is the transition they're talking about. And they're, yeah, Dan and Michelle Wadsworth, they're just a, the most awesome couple that live just down the street from us. And so we've been able to kind of see them go through this transition. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about Michelle. She's, um, posted some beautiful posts along the way, just kind of explaining where they're at in the journey. And, um, so yeah, they talk about a lot, everything from the injury to the recovery and just the lesson that they've learned. And yeah. it's super inspiring, but they're also just really awesome and down to earth and, um, yeah, just honest about how it's been hard, but also how they've gained just perspective and, and kind of like, I loved, actually, I think we might even make this part of the title, but just like finding out what you're made of, you know, yes, through, talk through the hard that things that you go through. Yeah. And it was so. like Michelle's post. I looked forward to him every day because I was wanting an update on Dan to make sure right. he was um, okay. And what the progress was and what, you know, was going on, but her posts were like beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, raw, honest, um, inspiring. I mean, all the things. And then all that really comes out in both Dan and Michelle. They both are just amazing people that I think you can look up to learn from. Um, their relationship as a couple is a beautiful thing. Yeah. They have a, um, a beautiful friendship, marriage relationship that I think is really inspiring as well. And I was just, yeah, just grateful and honored that they would share their story. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So yes, we're really excited for you to hear it and you're going to love it. Yes. <laughs> love them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So before we um, hop into their interview and share that, we are going to have our little weekly chat as we do lately <laughs> with um, just what has been going on with us and something new or fun or on our radar in our lives. So Chantel, yeah. do you want to go first? Yes. So first I want to mention, um, I have a friend from California, Amy Zinn, and she is a published author now and I'm so excited for her and That's she's so been working cool really hard and has written two books that are published, but I believe the publisher has like four or five more oh. that are coming out. Um, oh, wow. and I feel honored cause she let me read her first novel before it was even published oh, just cool. to kind of read it and then give any input, which I, my, I think my only input was like, that was amazing. Oh, how cool. <laughs> so yeah. she focuses on young adult fiction. Um, her first one is called Della Barone McGilvery. It's a really cool like page turner where you're just like, I don't even know what's going on. Cause like she, when she's asleep, she's in one life. And when she's awake, she's in another life, but she actually doesn't know which is which. Oh, so which is life and which is dream, which is real, but they kind of like overlap. Oh, wow. And, That's clever. And one, she's yeah. very like wealthy and affluent area neighborhood. Another one, she lives kind of in poverty. Oh. Um, 
and how the words worlds collide. And anyway, it's a page turner. And then she has another one called the death of Pluto, which I have just barely started. I'm really excited about. And, and then I just want to mention one. So my daughter, Kate, she's um, nine, almost 10. And we found this, she actually found it on Amazon called good night stories for rebel, rebel girls come to find out there's a series. Um, it really focuses on women and girls and all the amazing things that women can do. And I think it's so, so cool, cool because it's anywhere from like, this is a woman boxer, a writer, an activist, a spy, um, a ballerina. And so sent my daughter a text and I said, um, you know, did your book come in the mail? Cause she was really excited about it coming. And she said to me, um, She's nine and has just like a little iPod so she can like my old phone so she can use it when she's home. Yeah. So she gets home from school and I wasn't quite home yet. And I said, did you get your book? And she said, yes. And I looked through it and it's a book about awesome girls and that accomplish awesome things. And I really can't wait to read it. And then I said, that's awesome. You'll have to tell me about it. And she said, I've read like 11 people and they're so cool. And it's like about women can oh. do anything that men can do. And they're amazing girls. And I really loved it. And, and then she, she goes in to tell me Cutest like she read more than she was thing. supposed to because she couldn't stop reading it because she loved it so oh, much. So I love if that. you have girls, I mean, really, I think you could go from as soon as they could read. I mean, there's some words I had to tell her what they meant, but it was a good learning experience for her. all the way until teenagers really like, yeah. even my daughter Whitney was like, I love this book and oh, I love cool. that Kate loves it so much. So I'm so excited. Book I'm recommendations read it is what girls, yeah. Yeah, is on my mind today. And if you look at like, it's a really pretty book too it's like anyway it has beautiful illustrations of all the women that it talks about yeah like paintings and each one it's really cool cool. and it's i think they're all illustrated by other women oh and they're different each each person so anyway i will put the link of that on our stories or something i love that it's really good and then amy zen is my friend's the author my friend's her name and you can get her books on amazon is it young adult is that the genre yeah okay Mm -hmm. cool those look look really cool all right well i was just going to share it's kind of funny but I went to a birthday dinner for my first. So I had seven really close friends in high school and the first of the seven just turned 40. So it was like a surprise. <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's so past 40. Well, I know, but it, it felt like it goes it's by so big, fast. Yeah. yeah and that's a, a big, big milestone. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think, well, first of all, one of her neighbor friends threw the party for us. It was super cute. And then we all were invited and I just was like, wow. 40 is a big deal, but also how did that go by so fast? I feel like we were all just 18 graduated. So it's kind of just had me kind of nostalgic and thinking about like, and also just thinking about friends and just like how we can be there for each other through life. And, you know, anyway, it's just kind of made me reflective this past week. So yeah, kind of a cool thing. Um, and then the other thing is that I think this is on a lot of our minds right now is just the conflict in Israel and everything that's been going on in, um, Gaza and everything. And I know that's kind of like a hard switch there, but I feel like we have been even like talking about it a lot. And so I wanted to mention this podcast series that I found recommended on Instagram. It's called the wiser world podcast. And first of all, it doesn't go into the conflict. This is her last three episodes. She just explains the history behind the area and the region. And because for me, it was like, I was wanting to know about what's going on over there. And I kind of felt like I was understanding pretty well that what's going on now, the conflict, but I'm like, what is what causing? Is all yeah. This? That's yeah. what I, I felt like the same thing. I need to know the history of all of it. Right. That. And you can kind of get it. So anyway, for me, it's been super helpful. There's, it's like a three part series, just like an hour each. And she's a history teacher and she does a really great job of it. Like she makes That's it really interesting. Cool. Yeah. It's almost like, I feel like I'm in history class and which I love. I love history. So anyway, if anyone's wanting just like a little more deeper understanding of of that region and what's going on over there. I just feel like it's given me perspective and just to see that 
it's just so complicated. No, like it's so it's sad, so sad yeah. what's happened in Israel, but then it's also so sad what's happening in Gaza and for the Palestinian people as well. Yeah. I just think that there's a lot there. And so anyway, I just yeah. sometimes, like she says in the podcast, she's like, sometimes learning about history and how big and like wide it is, is kind of good. Cause it reminds us like we are a small part in just this big, big grand. Right. And I think you know, too, it helps like humanize instead of dehumanize. Yes. Like these are all families and people that have loves and wants and needs just like we do. And mm-hmm. so, cause it's easy sometimes to be like, I don't want to know what's going on over there. It's too sad. It's too much, but like, it's important to know Yeah, because they're humans that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you have, if you're interested, I'll post um, maybe links to that in our stories as well. So if you're interested in yeah, learning more about that, yeah. but. Oh, and one thing we forgot to do at the end of our episode was to give credit to Howard W. Hunter for a quote that Michelle talks about at the end of the episode. And then we also wanted to mention her social media. You can reach her and follow along with her just beautiful and inspiring um, writing and posts um, at Michelle W. Wadsworth on Instagram and Facebook. Anyway. Okay. So (laughs) without further ado, we'll get over to Deanna Michelle's interview. You guys are going to love it. Yeah. They are amazing. Yeah. Oh, they're all so amazing. And so we kind of <laughs> thought they are seriously, you yeah. could, you should write a book. <laughs> you agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. yeah, I know. I know. And so, I think the one thing's really cool about your story is your love story for each other. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously a, something hard you guys have been through and like learned so many lessons, which is cool. But I also just think your love story is super cute. So yeah. And I feel like it really oh. shines through on the post. I guess we shouldn't say too much till we get going yeah. into the interview. We'll but just yeah. Get going. Oh, did you, you pushed her. I did. Okay, yep. great. <laughs> yeah. We just start having a conversation. Yeah. The interview yeah. has started. Yeah. Yes. The interview has begun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So today we're so excited to have Dan and Michelle Wadsworth with us yeah. and they live on our neighborhood, Lindsay and I's neighborhood. Yes. Um, so how long have you guys been in this neighborhood? Uh, 13 years. Almost. Yeah. Okay. So you were there. We were, we've been here 10 years, I think. Yeah. And we've been here like mm, about 13 too. So yeah, I bet we moved in around the same time. It's probably about the same. Yeah. And I was thinking like, I don't know, just a lot of good memories with you and your family. Remember Let's Play Music days, Michelle, driving over our our kids. We, Hallie and Hallie and Nathan did that together. Right. And Elise. Yeah. So yeah. 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 And did Hallie come to my girls preschool when they were little? Um, when my girls did that preschool oh, yeah. when they were like yes, 10. That's right. They <laughs> did. The they Hallie were so cute. Over the yep. Hallie yeah. came to that. I think cute. maybe even Luke came too. So yeah, that's these are just fun. great friends and a great family. We love you yes, guys. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And my daughter, Whitney just did Molly's wedding pictures and she, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And they were awesome. She did such a good job. But yeah, she just came home and was like, I just love the Wadsworths. They're so great. And yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway, you guys are awesome. So we're happy to have you here. Yeah, so happy. Thank you. We want to start out just telling us a little bit about yourself. If you want to give a little quick, maybe where you grew up and a little bit about your family, but we'd love to hear like how you met mm-hmm. and your kind of your love story. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning of Dan and Michelle. Yes. Yeah, ongoing song, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start with All right, so... Um, I was born in California, but pretty much grew up here in Salt Lake, uh, in Sandy, um, until, yeah, until we got married and moved up to the, uh, you know, started going to the University of Utah and, um, and started our life. My life's really boring. Like I, 
that's stereotypical. I had a great childhood. I grew up in a, a great family, loved my, my same parents. Same house since he was just, five. Yeah, same house since I was five years old. As a matter of fact, we just went there for dinner last night. So Awesome. Just, I, I feel very fortunate and very blessed for the, the upbringing I had in the, the family that I have. But, um, but it's boring. Like, we did like Peloton, <laughs> had a, you know, a lot of great hobbies, mountain biked, motorcycled my whole life. Um, loved everything outdoors. Water skiing, snow skiing. All that stuff too. Yeah. So pretty much any chance I had to get outside was a good excuse. Fly fishing. Uh, <laughs> up, up the canyon All fishing. the outdoor hobbies. Up yeah. I feel like when so we just, first started dating, we were up the canyon all the time. Yep. Uh, we actually wrote, did our first date. I, I waited until Michelle was 16. I picked her up on her very first date on my <laughs> dirt bike. And we went up to Silver Lake for our first date. So, yeah. Aww, that's awesome. Anyway. So I didn't realize was, you it, met it, so it, young. I had no idea. Yeah. I think yeah. I remember that now that you guys did. Yeah. yeah. I was 15 and he was 18 when we met. Oh, so. wow. And that's really when life began. So for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, up, so up until I was 15, lots of moving around, but I was born in Idaho and grew up mostly in Sandy um, also, and in a lot of the same hobbies. I like music a lot more. I play the violin, and um, I've kind of cultured Dan in that way, just like he's pulled me outside a lot more right. than I grew up. <laughs> I didn't grow up riding mountain bikes or dirt bikes or anything, but got into that because of him. And so we kind of balance each other out that way. Um, we met at, um, it, it, I think now it's called Adventures for Youth, but it used to be called Outdoor, especially for youth, Outdoor EFY, um, when it was Rick's College. That ages us a little bit, but um, <laughs> we met there in 1995 and i just graduated and michelle was i had just finished my sophomore year when we met that summer and so i turned 16 that summer and he took me on my first date and six months later six months after we met he left on his mission and a year and three months after he got home from his mission we got married so and the rest is history. We had four kids, moved around. Yeah. <laughs> you both lived in Sandy, but you met in Idaho at the EFY. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. At EFY, we figured out that we live about three miles apart. As a matter of fact, if you leave my parents' driveway and go on the same street, you, ever next, you never actually have to turn off that street. You'll make it to her parents' driveway. Yes. Oh, wow, that's crazy. It's really crazy. For three miles. I mean, you'll the street changes names several times, but you'd actually never turn off of that street. Oh, wow. So it's meant to be. It's meant to be. You're yeah. tied together by a road there. Um, so Michelle um, is a gifted writer, I'll say. Yes. she When she posts, I just get so inspired by her writing, and I just feel like it's beautiful. And yes. if you don't mind, I was thinking about reading the post that you just posted recently, well, I guess back in March, on your anniversary, um, to just tie in oh, your love story. <laughs> I don't remember um, what it says, but... Well, <laughs> you'll be, here you go. I'll, yeah, I'll remind you. Yeah, it was just awesome. So, so. good, yeah. Um, it says, 24 years ago today, I made a choice that would change me forever, to marry Dan. We were just kids back then, but I'm glad. We were able to grow up together. Now, as I look back at what I thought love was, I have to laugh a little. In some ways, our love hasn't changed. For example, we've always been respectful of each other but our love has grown into something stronger than any 19-year-old could comprehend. 
I used to think love was feeling like you meant the world to someone and they meant that to you, that love was romance and butterflies and always feeling a bit giddy. Now I know a little more about what love is. It is being the safe place where they can be completely raw and real, where they don't have to pretend things are okay when they're not because your relationship is a place for healing and growth. I don't know why it's making me emotional. (laughs) It's being willing to look at the ugly truth and to work together to transform it into something beautiful. It's facing the storm and deciding that it will not break us. My favorite picture taken our way. Oh, and then you put a picture of your wedding day and it said, my favorite picture taken on our wedding day became a visual representation of my favorite quote about love. It says, true love does not consist of gazing fondly into each other's eyes, but of looking outward together in the same direction. I love you, babe. Happy anniversary. That's so cute. <laughs> so, yeah. And nice. really well written. Yeah. Such a good description. Cause I, I do think like, you know, my husband and I will talk about that. It's like, People would say that, oh, when you've been married for a long time, you'll really realize what love is and you'll realize what marriage is. And you're like, no, but I love him and we have a great marriage and da, da, da. And it's like over time, you're like, oh, okay, this is really what love is. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and really for us, it's like through the fires, through the yeah. challenges, through the exactly adversity. You know, that's that's where it's come into play. Yeah, yeah. for sure. As a matter of fact, her, is it your mom or your grandma had a saying that stuck with me. Like ever since we were first married, uh, that uh, love is, or was it marriage? Marriage is two people fighting like hell to stay together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard that. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Yep. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that stands out, you know, about your background or family or anything you'd like to share before we kind of hop into your story a little bit more? Um, I think I touched on it a little bit, but I just have always loved how Dan and I balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, we've, we've decided we can't both be exhausted at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when one of us is exhausted or, or hurting or struggling or something, we kind of just pick up on that. I, and I don't know that, I don't know if we've ever even talked about it, but it just seems like. I can tell when Dan needs me to be strong and he can tell when I need him to be strong. And that has gotten us through a lot. I think um, when you have that kind of connection, it really helps. I think, I think that's another part of what love is, is holding the other one up when they're not feeling strong, you know? So, yeah. And a lot of times, like you said, it's through the hard times that you see that. And, you know, if everything was just perfect every day, you wouldn't see each other's strengths or need each other and lean on each other that way. Because that reminded me when my son Peyton was in the hospital when he was um, just an infant. Like, it really quickly, we were thrown into this hard trial, living at the hospital for a couple months. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this is so crazy. When I'm having a hard day, you know, Nate is strong. And when Nate's kind of having a rough day with this, I seem to be in better spirits. And so... It's like that same idea of just kind of balancing yeah. it out so you can have the strength to get through. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. And all right. So we had kind of thought today, as we've kind of touched on earlier, Michelle's a beautiful writer and they've been through a big transition in their life this past year that we're going to dive into. And Michelle did a really um, just beautiful post back. It was on September 7th, because that was a monumental day for them. So we asked Michelle to, um, read part of this post to kind of jump us into the out, like 
give us kind of a structure for this interview today. So do you have that with you, Michelle, that you could read? I do. Yeah. Dan came home from the hospital one year ago today. It's amazing to me how far we've come since then. Last September 7th, we were excited to be together under the same roof. I was able to snuggle up to him for the first time in a month. We had no idea that the hardest part was about to begin. This September 7th, we have learned that we can adapt to almost any situation. We have grown stronger because of the mountains we have had to climb. We know what we are made of. The other day, it hit me again that Dan can't move his legs. Every now and then, that fact likes to walk up and punch me in the face. It makes me my breath catch for a minute, and I feel claustrophobic. Sometimes I just have to get up and shake it off. Then I look at Dan. I see him struggle to sit up in bed in the morning. I hear him struggle to get dressed. I feel him struggle through the constant nerve pain that haunts him in sleeping and in waking. And after all that, I see him wheel past me, look over, and smile. I heard a quote earlier today that I can't stop thinking about. It went something like this. Happily ever after is only attainable on a day-to-day basis. Every day we have a choice to make. Every day we choose to laugh or cry, to have despair or hope, to conquer or be conquered. Dan inspires me every time I see him struggle and still choose to laugh, to have hope, to conquer, and to smile. I love you, babe. It's awesome. Yes. (laughs) So good. Um, Yeah, I love that. And I thought it was really neat how you, you know, kind of contrasted last year to this year and just some of the different things that you guys have been through in that year. So, so maybe at this point you could tell us a little, give us some just background on what happened that a year ago and, um, the leading up to his hospital stay and everything. I guess that's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, it was, it was a Tuesday, typical Tuesday. I was working from home, um, had a bit of a break from work and, uh, ran upstairs um, to, to do a couple of things as a lot of people do during their, during their day. Um, my son Jackson was getting ready to get, uh, have surgery on his foot, uh, on the 10th of August of 2022. Um, this was the 9th of August and I'd come up and, and, uh, uh, we had a, one of those mobility scooters where like a knee scooter where you kneel down and you can scoot around. Um, we had that up in the garage attic above the garage, um, and I'd gone out to the garage, put the ladder up to the garage, to the attic, like I'd done, you know, hundreds of times before to get junk out of the attic. Um, went up there, grabbed the scooter, walked back over to the edge of, you know, where the ladder was, put the scooter down. And I've, I've got a bunch of other stuff up there. And I went over and looked at this box of like motorcycle parts or something that was up there. Um, and I clearly remember like looking down at this bin, or this box of parts, picking something up putting it down and I stood up. And as soon as I stood up, a lot of times what you do is you stand up and you kind of put your foot behind you, right? To stabilize yourself. I stood up, put my foot behind me. There was nothing there. I'd stepped Mm -hmm. off of one of the boards that I had. And uh, I mean, immediately gravity is, it's so fast. Immediately I'm through the, through the drywall, through the, you know, the ceiling of our garage, um, you know, 12 feet down Mm -hmm. onto the concrete. Oh my gosh. I do have slight recollection of trying to like reaching out, trying to grab anything I can, but it just happened so fast. Wow. Um, and uh, it, it, so I kind of, I kind of rotated out of the ceiling, 
landed on my head. So I, I actually landed on my head and my shoulder and then my body rolled down onto the floor. Um, wow. And yeah, that's, that was the, that was the accident. Right. That was the, the trauma. Wow. Just like within seconds. Yeah. yeah. With, I mean, so fast, so fast. Yeah. So as a result of that, I had two uh, skull fractures, um, uh, internal brain, brain, brain bleeds, brain bleeds. That's a hard word. That's a tongue twister. Uh, yeah. tra traumatic brain injury, as I'm talking about a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Um, and then uh, obviously my, uh, um, I fractured my vertebrae, my T12 vertebrae, and as a result had a spinal cord injury. And that's, the spinal cord injury is the part that is the, the paralysis, right? The people break their backs right. all the time, but um, with the, the spinal cord injury is what, what causes the paralysis. So I'm considered um, a, a T12 incomplete um, spinal cord injury. Paraplegic. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so that, so that, that happened for, for me, it happened instantly. Now yeah. the next 24, 48 hours, maybe 72 hours is pretty fuzzy for me. Yeah. So I'll let Michelle take over. So I'll pick up from there. Okay. So I actually wasn't home when Dan fell. Um, I was across the valley helping organize some music for my orchestra that I play in. <clears throat> and my daughter called me, who is somewhat prone to anxiety. And um, she called me just screaming, panicking, Mom, get home right now. And I'm like, yeah okay, but what happened? Like, I didn't want to just drop everything and run if it wasn't that big a deal. Cause you know, everything mm -hmm. seemed to be a big deal to her. And so when she said, dad fell and he can't move his legs, oh. then that kind of caught my attention. I was like, okay. And then I can hear our other, our son, Jack talking. And she said, Jack's on the phone with 911. You need to get here soon. So I said, I'm on my way. I left my meeting that I had just arrived at, <laughs> but I, I left. And, um, as I'm driving across town, I'm just thinking, okay, how bad is this really? I mean, at the time I really just didn't think, like I told him, let me just go check and see how things are. And if, if it, if I can fix it real quick, then I'll just come back to this meeting. Mm -hmm. Like that's the frame of mind that I was in. I had no idea that it would change our world forever, you know? And right. so I called a nurse friend of ours to come over and help with the kids until I could get here. And she was phenomenal. You know her also. Shout out to Mandy Taylor. Yeah. Oh, Shout out to Mandy Taylor. She's awesome. Her. She's great. Um, so she, um, and it just tender mercy, she happened to be pulling into the neighborhood as I called her. And so mm -hmm. instead of going to her house, she came to my house and came and helped my kids. And she got here about the same time as the paramedics. And um, so, so about, I... It was about four or five minutes that the paramedics yeah, took to get here. They got it, was here really, it was really fast. Pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. And so they had Dan on a backboard when I got here, but they wouldn't let me talk to him right away. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, when I realized it was worse than I thought. Um because I, I don't know how I could hear Dan saying when I was talking to Emma on the phone, I could hear Dan saying in the background, I can't feel my legs. And to hear it from him was different than to hear it from my daughter. And so I was like, whoa, whoa, 
but it, I mean, you never expect that, right? And so it takes a while to sink in. Um, but the the paramedics um, checked him out and said his back appears to be broken. Um, and I'm thinking it's probably just a stinger, like athletes get sometimes when it'll sting their um, spinal cord and and they go temporarily numb. And so I was kind of hoping that's what it was. That's not what it was. So I went to the, actually, Mandy Taylor drove me to the hospital. Mm. Um, and we sat around for a couple of hours waiting to hear anything. And they <laughs> they were just doing all kinds of scans and whatever. And so it was a couple of hours of not knowing anything. It's it was so brutal. Yeah. Um, but then they let us go back and see him. But before we could go back, they took us into this room that I call the grief room yeah. because it has couches and Kleenex. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go in there. Yeah. yeah. That means you have something bad to tell me. And they told me, um, they said his back is broken and it is m most likely permanent that he will, he will be permanently paralyzed. And that's, that's kind of when I lost it. Yeah. And I had been holding it together pretty well up until then, just because I was still holding out hope. So they know what they're doing. They took you to the right room. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they told me before I got to see Dan so that I didn't say anything to him. But he was so out of it. I don't even think. Do you remember seeing me before surgery? No. So they told us the good news is that um, the, spine, the neurosurgeon wanted to do surgery right away. Which was good news because if the spinal cord is damaged beyond repair or if it's severed completely, they won't do surgery right away. They'll wait until the swelling goes down and stuff. Um, but if they want to do surgery right away, that means that they see some possibility of healing in the spinal cord. And so they'll do surgery right away. They won't wait for the swelling to go down. Um, just so they can take pressure off the spinal cord as quickly as possible. Mm. And um, they did, so they did that for Dan. But I feel like that also left a lot of room for speculation about how much healing would happen. And um, that has been a little bit hard just because we just don't know. We still don't know. I mean, it's right. been over a year now and we still don't know how much he'll get back. Yeah. So. Depending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Anything else. Yeah. I mean, we've had little glimpses of, of things returning, but nerves grow so slowly that, and heal so slowly. And Dan heard it. Someone put it that your spinal cord is like an offended person. <laughs> like they'll decide when to forgive you. And so. <laughs> if they decide. If, if they do. If yeah. they decide to forgive you. Yes. Mm. Then they. <laughs> Yeah. But, I mean, to, to go back a little bit, um, the paramedics, the nurses, not just Mandy, the nurse, but the nurses, the doctors, everybody was was just amazing. The, the paramedics that came and essentially saved my life. Well, going back to Emma, mm -hmm. Emma, in, in all of this chaos and trauma, she's going crazy talking to Michelle on the phone and, and panicking. And then she turns to me, my head's, I'm, you know, there's a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. He turns to me and she's like, dad, it's okay. You're going to be okay. She, and she's oh, calm. No. Yeah. She's just, she's calm. To you, and she's right. just, 
that actually yeah. caught my attention too when I was on the phone with Emma because she's talking to me and mom, hurry, get home. And then I can hear her walk out into the garage and she's like, it's okay, dad, you're going to be okay. Um, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, wait, now she's calm. Like that, that kind of set me off a little bit too, yeah. just cause I was like, okay, if she's really, if she's pulling out all the stops, like to hold herself together, then this is not something small. Yeah. Right. Like I knew it was, I don't know, yeah. but you never want to accept it. So I was in denial until I talked to a doctor, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. As when Dan kind of listed the injuries, I just was sitting here looking at him thinking, this is amazing that yeah, we're talking to you. I was thinking you. that too. Like, like I landed on your head. Yeah. And just when you, I just feel just so grateful. I mean, I can't imagine you, Michelle, but I'm just feeling like this is amazing that we are getting to talk to you right now. So that's just, yeah, like neurologically, yes. like you would think that there yeah, is... with the, what, what your body sustained and the trauma, to, you know, just all around. So anyway, well, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of little, uh, little miracles that we've, we've so many recognized and it's hard. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to recognize miracles when you're hoping for a big one, right? You're right. hoping for a massive miracle, but the, the fact that I'm alive, the fact that I, you know, I, I'm still myself. I still have my my thoughts, my feelings, my memories, yeah. um, oh, my right. senses. After after that kind of a impact to the skull, yeah. um, that he's not a vegetable. Yeah, oh, that yeah. we we didn't you know I didn't sustain any permanent you know brain damage brain damage brain injury. Yeah, um, but that also you know my it's it's a weird thing to say as a blessing, but um, that I broke my back where I broke it. Right. Because I landed on my neck. Yeah. So there's there's really no reason why my spine didn't break and my I didn't have a high level um, spinal cord injury, which, you know, I've met a lot of people that have had those higher level spinal cord injuries. And and, uh, you know, it's it's just, again, one of those to, to me, it's a it's a miracle that that didn't happen, that this didn't happen, that that Emma was just happened to be in the kitchen when she was because she was supposed to be down in the basement. If she would have been in the basement, I might not even be here today. Wow. Yeah, if no one found you. Oh, my gosh. When anyone would have found when, Yeah, when somebody would have found me. Yeah, that is a good point. So there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's amazing. So from, from, the, from the moment of the fall to the, the ambulance getting here, it was about four or five minutes. And then from that point to me getting in the ambulance and being rushed to uh, Intermountain Health was another 17, 18 minutes. Oh, wow. So it was quick. It was really quick. Wow, yeah. Um, I feel like... The accident happened just before two thirty, and I feel like you were at the hospital by three. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and they they drove fast. Yeah. In fact, Dan asked him if I could ride in the ambulance with them, and at first they said yes, but then they came back and said, "You know, we're actually going to be going pretty fast, so maybe you should just, mm. you know, check on your kids, take take a minute, and then have someone drive you to the hospital." Yeah. That's wow. And I was like, yeah. okay. So hard though well, not to get in with them, I'm sure. And that's in, like crazy that you were coherent enough to ask. Like, so you were conscious. I mean, yeah. very conscious. Yeah, he, yeah. He's the one that asked. Yeah, yeah he yeah. talked. He doesn't remember. I don't. Anything. I don't remember any of that. Right, and right. I don't remember. This, like, I had a conversation with the paramedic in the in the ambulance going to the hospital. He said. He said I asked him. He's like it. It kind of freaked him out because I I looked him right in the eyes and I said, "Okay, tell me what I'm looking at here." Oh, wow. I don't, oh, I don't wow. remember how bad is this, you know? Yeah. I don't remember that, but that's what, that's, we've later visited with him and he said that, huh. 
Um, same, same with our, my, my surgeon. He said I was coherent in the OR before. I don't remember any of that. So wow. probably a good thing. Yeah. Probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's probably a good thing you don't remember, but probably for the doctors, it was a very good, like, okay, his mind is working pretty good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. to be able to ask those questions and make sense. Right. And I think that's why I didn't really know the extent of it because yeah. I talked to him in the garage, mm-hmm. like before they took him away. And then after the surgery, he comes out of surgery and they're like, okay, but we're still going to have to keep an eye on these brain bleeds. And I'm like, wait, what, mm. what, what brain bleeds? Like they said, yeah, well, he's got two skull fractures. And I'm like, okay, is the worst not over yet? Like, yeah. is he, is it cause you know, with skull fractures and brain bleeds, those can go South in a hurry. And so then I'm stressing about that until he came out of surgery and like was coherent enough to talk to me. And then I was like, okay, hopefully it's not going to get worse than this. Yeah. And, but it was, it was a little bit before we were really sure that his mind, that his mind was okay. So, so had surgery, then what, three days later, went up to the, in the ICU for two days and then went up to, they they have different floors at, at the uh, at the hospital, MC, so. you kind of you kind of work your way up from yeah. from the operating room to you know, uh, which is yeah downstairs, yeah. and then the fourth floor ICU with, for two days, and then up to the eleventh floor, which is acute care for like eight days, then a week, week and a couple of days, and, and then, then up to therapy, rehab, rehab, yeah. inpatient rehab. Hmm. For two and a half weeks, which I thought was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. That it was like, that, well, I guess it was almost three weeks, almost three weeks of inpatient therapy. But when you think he's got to learn how to do adult life in a wheelchair, like, oh, yeah. and he, he learned everything he could in three weeks and then they sent him home. Yeah, That's I remember. Amazing. I know because I remember yeah. you posting like, "Okay, you can get from his wheelchair to the bed or bed to yeah. wheelchair." Like, you, it's like you don't even. I mean, it's sad to say that you don't even really think about having to learn all those things. You see people in yep. wheelchairs and they're like amazing because they can maneuver and you know. But they had to at some point learn to do that, and yeah. I'm sure that was yeah. so hard. Yeah, and I remember you posting, and I would just look forward to seeing your post so much. Like, I mean, <laughs> it was. I felt like it was like yeah. progress. So yeah, it was like so like and oh, seeing... he's doing this now and this now and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, yeah. it was really neat. And I loved that you kept, you know, neighbors and friends and family updated that way. I mean, you didn't want a million texts coming in all the time, but that was perfect. And <laughs> we got to see how he was doing. Wow. And it was, yeah. And again, you're a beautiful writer. So it was always like, just yeah. very uplifting at the same time. Yeah, and you inspiring know? for mm-hmm. things in your own life. Yeah. You apply it to, yeah. So. yeah. Wow. So then I, I'm imagining, so I know that you guys did a visit at home a couple of times, right? During that time to kind of figure out yeah. how to manage at home and yeah, changes well, they, you had they to make. Doors to will, if I'll fit through the doors, yeah. if, yeah. yeah. To make adjustments to your home. Um, and kind of coming up with a plan for which bathroom is he going to use? Which shower is he going to use? Um, and figuring out those transitions so that he can practice going from his wheelchair to the shower, you know? So we would, we would take measurements here and then we'd go back to inpatient rehab and they would, they have a bathtub there. They have shower chair, they have all the stuff there and they would just kind of, they would mock it up to be Mm. the same and say, okay, now go to here, go to here. And yeah, you know, yeah. Cause really rehab's 
part, a lot of it's healing, make, making sure my body's healed enough to be able to do things. But they're pushing you. Mm. They're pushing you oh. to get from the, like something the beforehand was so easy, which was just getting on the floor and standing back up or getting back up. You know, that, that whole process, you know, getting from my bed to my wheelchair, right? You mentioned that. Um, all those things that you that I took for granted before, um, making sure that you can do those. Or if I can't do them, at least Michelle can help me do them, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. And especially in the beginning, because that's what it took is in the beginning, it was, you know, I'm... Yeah, I remember getting um, kind of, I had to get passed off as a helper, like that, that I could, they had to teach me how to help, where to stand and how to help them with transfers and stuff so that I was the most safe and that he was the most safe. And I, I remember like <laughs> when they told us you'll be in rehab for about three weeks and then you'll go home. And I'm like, I'm not going to be ready in three weeks <laughs> yeah. to like yeah. have to do this by myself. But, but we were excited. I mean, I was, our kids were in school. School had started while he was in the hospital and um, I, I was going to the hospital two or three times back and forth two or three times every day. And I spent probably half the nights that he was in the hospital. I spent probably half the nights there with him. Um, he seemed to sleep better when I was there. So his rest was more restful, I guess. Yeah. So, you don't sleep in the hospital anyway, but right. whatever sleep I got was better. Which yeah. made me kind of sad a little bit because then I, I'd get there and he'd go right to sleep, like oh. take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Michelle's here. I can rest easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's comfort. <laughs> yeah. Having having that person there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just thinking of all I make the things that I don't I know I'm not even thinking of that you had to make adjustments in your home. That's amazing. But all I know, too, is like it seemed like any new thing Dan had to do that, that you had to do Dan like it seems like you just had the attitude of like okay let's do it <laughs> I know your attitude is so admirable like I mean everything that we've observed you know I just just such a great example and anyway yeah so I'm excited like look forward to hearing a little more about how I mean do you feel like that comes naturally to you like do you feel like you're a natural or did you really have to I don't, I'm sure it was a combination, but <laughs> it's a combination. Mm -hmm. I, I remember I, I can think back to being in the hospital, maybe a couple of days. And this is actually one of my first memories of being in the hospital of, um, I don't remember a lot of people in wheelchairs I've heard and, and paraplegics, quadriplegics have said, they remember when the doctor told them you're never going to walk again. Mm. Right. I don't remember that. I don't have that. I don't have that memory, oh, wow. but I do remember casually in conversations that coming up, like, and, and obviously knowing that I can't move my legs, I'm in the hospital, I can't feel my legs, I can't move my legs. It's, it's pretty obvious. Um, so a, a couple of things I would, I would um, attribute that to is the first thing is, I, I had a friend, like my best friend growing up and my best friend today, besides, you know, my wife, <laughs> obviously. Um, his name's Jason, Jason Hokinson, and he was um, paralyzed when he was 15 years old. So, and I was 13, I think at the time. Yeah. Um, and so having gone through that as a, as a friend, you know, it's kind of just to see it on the peripheral, not, not actually experiencing it, but you know, I'd go, I, I was there with Jason when he came out of the, he came off the helicopter at the university of Utah when he was 15 years old back in oh, wow. 1990. 
Um, and then Dan would ride to ride his bike. So I'd ride to my bike to rehab, to rehab wow. and visit him at rehab. So we like. I've I've been playing wheelchair. I played wheelchair basketball with him when we were kids. We played wheelchair tennis, and our our families. Have, so I knew what this looked like. Like I knew what yeah. life looks like, and not only just a normal life, a fantastic life, because he has lived an amazing life. He's done amazing things. Um, you know, running mar or you know, pushing in where in marathons, but um, winning marathons. Uh, played twenty years on the wheeling jazz, so I I knew what this life looked like. So it it wasn't that I was afraid. It was that you know I I knew it was possible. Um, I still you know was and we still had some hope, but and then so the sec the second thing is my I, th I think my nature is to kind of just figure things out. Absolutely, <laughs> I would definitely say that. Yeah. Dan is very much, I'm no, I am I joke that I've never found a problem he can't solve. <laughs> like when we were first married and, and our dryer started making this really weird sound. And this is before YouTube. Right. Okay? And, and he just takes this dryer apart, just starts pulling screws out. And I'm like, are you going to be able to put that back together? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. We'll find out. And he just reaches in, like makes, moves some stuff around. And then the dryer's working. <laughs> And I'm like, how? And he just, so I just really think he just has that attitude. Like there's nothing he can't conquer. Like figure he out, just yeah. is figure stuff out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember reading that post when you talked about your, um, when Michelle wrote about your friend, yes, um, Jason, is that, is that his name was? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, like, same. Yeah, that's so amazing to have someone like you said, you kind of knew the wheelchair life, you even had been in one and played would you say, but hey, basketball, I mean, that's amazing to be able yeah. to have that, not quite the overwhelming, what does this look like? You saw it and you also saw that he had a beautiful life. Yeah. 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 He, it, and he continues to this day, right? We, we still, we've been on trips with them. We've been boating with them. We've had our kids at the same time. Like <laughs> we, lots of date nights together. We still, yeah, they've still been. Very much and, a part of our life. And he has come and visited me. He came and visited me in the hospital almost, almost every, every single day. Oh, like, my gosh. You know, as a, it's amazing. As, a, as a mentor, as a friend. Yeah. 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 He's amazing. Yeah. It's just so neat to think that you guys have been, you know, in each other's lives and how that feels like just such a huge blessing or, you know, I don't even, but it just, I mean, fortuitous, like, I don't know, but just how neat that you guys could, you know, have such similar paths and, and help each other. The other, the other side of that story is, um, Jason, when he, when he was injured back in 1990, he was going to Lake Powell, right? That's, that's where they had their accident. It was a rollover accident oh, and oh, wow. he was ejected from the truck. Oh. The night before that, I was supposed to, I was supposed to be on that trip with him. And I had run down to his house to tell him I was going to sleep over at his house. We were going to go in the morning, whatever it was. And I slipped on his front porch and split my chin open. And so I wasn't going to Lake Powell the next day. And that's when they had their accident. And here, you know, 32 years later, wow. I'm in the same boat. Wow. You know, I'm in the same situation. Same injury level. It's just. Yeah, they're both the T12. T12, oh, wow. yeah. Huh. That's crazy. That is. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad you have each other. That's that feels, really cool. yeah, it, it is really neat. I definitely call that another miracle that we've yeah. had, that we've been right. able to share life with him and his wife. And yeah, yeah. that's really cool. His example and strength. 
Um, well, that makes me think of two of all the things that you used to do, but that you've been able to modify to still do. Cause I think you, you're as I think Michelle's described you like a beautiful water skier, like a, mm-hmm. an amazing water skier, but I, <laughs> but you've done some adaptations or whatever and been able to water ski, correct? Since the accident, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah. <laughs> a year really later. Neat. I know yeah, there, so there soon. So many, yeah. There's so many amazing organizations around the Valley, around Salt Lake Valley that provide adaptive sports opportunities for, for individual. Um, so I, again, I saw, I saw what adaptive water skiing looks like. I used to go with Jason as a, wow. as kind of his able-bodied buddy skier as a, you know, snow skiing. And he's an amazing, uh, downhill skier now. And, and, uh, um, so I knew it again, I knew what that kind of stuff looked like. I knew it was possible. Um, we, we'd been road biking together. We'd been, yes, yeah, snow skiing together, water skiing together. Um, and because of that, you know, he's, he's been there saying, okay, Dan, now it's time for you to try this. Right. And, um, I had a, a great surgeon up at the, up at IMC that, um, cleared me for recreational activity six months after my accident. Wow. So it was, you that know, January, so January yeah. timeframe went in for my, my follow-up stuff. And he's like, okay, yeah, you're, you're fine. Just don't do anything stupid. Right. Just don't throw yourself off a mountain. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so it, it was great. I had the opportunity. And again, thanks to some organizations here in the Valley, there's, there's a couple of university of Utah uh, trails program, um, Wasatch adaptive sports, uh, really great organizations that have helped myself and other um, individuals that have been through this kind of an accident or injury be able to get back out and do things. Um, Jason, you know, gave me a, a hand cycle. So now I have a hand cycle. I can start going out and, you know, riding around the streets. Uh, he also gave me a, uh, a, it's called a can ski, but it's an adaptive water ski so that I can yeah, water ski again. Um, but, and, and I, I actually got him out mountain biking, which I'm, oh, wow. I'm pretty proud of. Like, yeah. He, wow. He's done so much in his life that then he, but he's never done he mountain never, biking. He never went mountain biking. <laughs> so I said, well, we, we actually got out and said we did some adaptive mountain biking, which to me, that's like my happy place. I was, I was super excited about that. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're, they're thanks to some organizations. They've, that, that, uh, yeah. Was it, was it trails that did your first time skiing? I can't remember, but they said that Dan was the most recently injured person they've ever taken. Oh. Like most, the, the old school way of thinking with surgeons was that you had to wait a year. Off the, at, just across the board, you had to wait a year. And our surgeon was is younger and not too long out of med school. And he's like, yeah that's the old way of thinking but now you know we we kind of feel like the sooner you get back out there the better and that your back hasn't healed anymore really in those six months but your ability has deteriorated if you haven't used those mm-hmm. muscles so get back out and do it so yeah they cleared him the end of january he went skiing in february for the first time wow and, then... and it was not pretty <laughs> well by the, but by the second time i mean your second time out yeah, it was it was a lot of fun it was it was tons of fun they couldn't they couldn't believe how good it Dan was, was it was not like it, it they could they couldn't believe that i mean the guy thought he was going to be like holding on to dan the whole time 
but that wasn't the case. Dan totally could do it. <laughs> wow. It, he doesn't think it was pretty, but I thought it was amazing. <laughs> Very impressive. Oh, yeah. It sounds amazing. Um, last yeah. season, we had on this guy, Jorge, that was a yeah, competitive, nice yeah, yeah, competitive oh, did, yeah. Um, trick skier. And he got paralyzed. Oh, so crazy. Yeah, skiing, mm-hmm. and then was he's able to com- was able to compete as a paraplegic, which I thought was just so cool. And his son was kind of his. What did you call it that you helped? How you helped your friend? The buddy skier. Oh, yeah. So he yeah, his mentor. son would do that because yeah, his mentor. So his son also does competitive skiing. But anyway, just the same like as you, like very, I don't know, just had a positive attitude and outlook and. Um, I learned a lot from him as well. Yeah. Well, I'm so impressed with your, um, like determination and just like, I feel a zest from life. Like you're like, I'm not going to let this hold me back. I'm going to go try all the things. And I feel like, I mean, I wanted to go skiing last year and never even got up there out of just laziness, but here you are, you know, dealing with these huge obstacles and you're like, I'm going, I'm doing this, I'm figuring it out. And I just am like, just so impressed. And it's been very inspiring to watch you. Like, I mean, I feel like I wish I would have reached out more through this, but I feel like there's so many people probably constantly reaching out, but I just have watched you guys and just, um, I, I'm going to get emotional. I don't know why, but just a really amazing example, you know, and even to my kids, like, you know, I've tried to have conversations with them cause they know you, you know, and I just think like, just, you know, the Wadsworths around the corner. I mean, amazing people that you, anyway, I just want you to know that, like, I think, just anyone that knows you were just just so impressed so yeah I can't put it into words right but, I know just yeah. like thank you for your example and yeah I've done the same thing read your post to our kids to just you know because people go through hard things and you want your kids when that happens to them to be able to have you know the attitude and the grit and whatever and the hope and whatever it is to know that you can go on in life and that remind me of another you posted a quote by a girl named Brianna West I believe she has a book um, my daughter Whitney read it and loved it, but you said, or she said, the post she said, it said, sometimes you get what you want. Other times you get a lesson in patience, timing, alignment, empathy, compassion, faith, perseverance, resilience, humility, trust, meaning, awareness, resistance, purpose, clarity, grief, beauty, and life. Either way you win. And you said, this is exactly how I feel. What incredible lessons we are learning right now. You know, instead of being like, why us? Why Dan? You just are taking it as wow, look at all these things we're learning. And and those things that you're learning can pass on to your kids and your community and your neighbors and family and friends. And it's, it's awesome. It's very inspiring. Yeah. I feel like that was something that I, um, I've, I've felt this most of the time along the way, but I've, I've often said though, that this is a different journey for both of us. You know, Dan has a different, he's facing a different trial than I am, even though it's the same thing. It's the same injury or trauma that caused this shift in us, you know, but, um, we're both on a different journey, you know, to how we're going to deal with it, how we're going to process it. Cause to him, it's limiting his abilities you know, to do the things that he loved, but he's conquering that, you know, and to me, it's something different because he's my person, you know, he's my, the, every dream I've had of being an old pudgy couple, you know, was of us walking down the street hand in hand, you know, and that's not going to be the case. And so I'm wrapping my mind around that. Like, how can I, how can our dreams adapt to this new life? 
And I'm just, I'm so grateful that he, his mind is still there and his spirit is still strong and that he's still my dad, you know? Yeah. You know, a lot of times I, I wake up in the morning and like the pain, pain hits you right away. And uh, I'll kind of just flop myself out of bed on the wheelchair. And like my mind immediately starts thinking of, oh, woe is me. You know, this is the, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And oh, I've got all this stuff going on today and work and, you know, whatever. And then I, it's like one or two pushes into my, into my day. And I think, wow, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so lucky, you know, I'm so lucky for, for all the things we've talked about already, but at the same time, I'm lucky that, um, you know, that I've, I've, I've got my mind that I've got a, su a support character in Michelle that has my back. Like she had her chance to walk away and she didn't take it. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, uh, I've got a, I've got a, a, an amazing support cast, um, neighbors, friends, you know, that, that are there to help me. Um, I feel, I feel so, so richly blessed, which is a weird thing to say, considering the, the, you know, current situation, but that's why when anyone asks, you know, that, the the stereotypical question of how, how are you doing? It's always, <laughs> it's always fine. I'm doing fine. All things considered. Yeah. Um, but, uh, every day I feel, I feel lucky. I feel lucky for the, the situation I'm in. And I, I think it's important too, that we, um, that we don't romanticize it either. I mean, there are days that are ugly and hard and where we both get frustrated and, and, um, so that's definitely still a part of it, but I feel like, um, growth comes from pain and struggle and, and that it's what we become because of the things that we've been through that's important. And so it's okay to be upset and to have a bad day and to say this sucks, you know, and to, to take a moment and let it move through you, I guess. Um, and not to just cast it off, you know, and not just say, okay, nope, nope. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be positive. You know, it's okay to take a minute and, and say, you know, this is not, what I had planned on in my life and, and I don't like it. It's okay to acknowledge that because the strength comes from growing and from the struggle. So what's the, what's the snow saying? You can, you can find joy in the snow or you can be <laughs> miserable with the exact same amount of snow. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. A little, and I see Either that. way you have the same amount of snow. Right. Yeah. Either way you have right. the same amount that is true. Yeah. And that was perfect for this last winter here in Utah. That was yeah, every day, every yeah. day saying yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, downhill skiing uh, in a wheelchair, uh, you know, on a sit ski in the powder is not great. Oh. Rumors are great. I'm, but I was not doing well in the powder. Oh, so I can't do well. Yeah. In the powder. Yeah. 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 I can't imagine. And anytime going outside, I mean, things that I never had to think about before, just going outside and him pushing through the snow. You know, like having to wear gloves and and then change your gloves when you get in the car because those gloves are soaked because you've just been pushing through the snow and just things like that. That he's just 
just doesn't complain that much very much <laughs> still complain just yeah. which he wouldn't be human if no, he didn't you right. know but no. but he could complain so much more than he does and and he just he just kind of rolls with it. And that's a lot of his personality too. Just like, Oh, this is hard. Okay. Well, we're just going to move on, you know, and, and just move with it. And yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you pointing out like, you know, that it's okay to feel, to feel that struggle at times, you know, but then how Dan explained, like, but there's growth in, in the challenge. I think that kind of brings it together. You know, if you don't let yourself, really sometimes feel the feelings that you're going through it's you know maybe will come yeah, out build up. At other times yeah and, and not as healthy ways so I feel like you guys yeah. just exemplify like a a great balance of that and anyway yeah and all the little things you know mm-hmm. that you wouldn't think of like like when you said that I thought oh yeah snow like we live in Utah I mean that would be a huge challenge so I'm sure just those things coming up but yeah you just seems like you face it all with such resilience so it's super yeah and it seems like I don't know I only know a few people in wheelchairs but I feel like um I love the attitude it's like it's not gonna stop me it's not like well I can't because I'm in a wheelchair it's like yes it might be harder like my son Peyton has a friend in a wheelchair and he has a car he can drive and he you know he said do you want us to pick you up for dinner we're gonna meet him for dinner nope I can drive myself and I'll see you there and it's like very independent you know very much I can do this on my own and he was always like that as a kid before he had spina bifida. So he walking was a little bit hard, but he could do it. And then eventually had to be in a wheelchair. But I'm like, wow, his just grit. And like, I can do this attitude and the, you know, I don't want help. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Now there, there are definitely some things that I need help with. I mean, a hundred percent. And that's, that's been another part of the challenges. Mm. I have been that fiercely independent, <laughs> get it done, figure it fiercely out, independent. do it myself. Mm. I don't need any help. My whole life, right? 45 years old on 45 years on this planet that way. And uh, I'll give you one example. My whole garage, I, again, I, I've, got a, I've got lots of tools, right? I love working on things. I love taking things apart. Still do. Um, my garage was built for somebody who's six foot three. So I have shelves that are right. way up on the wall. I've got things that I... So there's been a lot of times where I have to call my son, Jack, or Michelle on a stool because she's a little vertically challenged <laughs> to come and and get something for me or, you know, and try to redesign things to, you know, four foot eight or four foot nine, depending on where I'm at today. But um, so I have had to learn. That's been a, that's been a challenge for me is things that I can't do and, and having to rely on, on help from others and neighbors. Oh my goodness. Neighbors have been amazing to come over and help do things. Mm-hmm. Um, We've just had, we've had such a good support and it goes back to my, my gratitude of our, of our support structure. I just, I feel so lucky. Um, there was a, uh, a gentleman who was in the, in the, in rehab when I was in rehab and he was so mad. Oh my goodness. He was mad. He was mad at the world, um, for his injury and he wasn't, he wasn't paralyzed. He lost a leg, right? He, he still had one leg that he could stand up on, but he was mad. Um, and but looking at it, I think he was mad because he didn't have, he didn't have people coming visiting him. He didn't have a support structure. Um, and, uh, and it, it, to me, I was, I've always kind of taken the, the, the view of well, what now, what can I do? Right. What, what can I do? Yeah. I can't, I can't walk over that, all that mess on the ground over there, 
but I can have somebody come and help clean it up. <laughs> you know, or new teaching opportunities new, for our kids. Yeah. For our kids, don't yeah. leave your shoes on the floor. Don't leave. Don't leave things on the floor. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually such a good, I mean, lesson for anyone, like, what can I do? You know, focus on that, whatever situation we find ourselves in. Um, if we focus on what we can do, yeah. probably going to be a lot happier than focusing on the things that we can't. So I love that. I think I, re I read a quote about that in probably January or something. So almost six months after the accident. And that was a game changer for me where it said, um, instead of being upset that life isn't turning out the way you had hoped, why don't you be excited about the way life can go hmm. and the things that you can do still? And that was a game changer for me. I just, I, w I was so, I got into this like depression in right around Christmas time, January, and just thinking of how many ways that our life has changed yeah. and some of our most favorite things are not available anymore. I mean, I just, I was so sad about that, that I just, I got really just bummed out. And, oh, yeah. but hearing that quote, I was like, yeah, you're right. It's time to look forward and mm -hmm. see what we can do and, and find ways to adapt and adjust and, and, you know, we'll make new memories, different memories, and it's okay that they're different. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, that, does go right into those three things that you um, said in your post, which we kind of thought if we could expand on those just a little bit before we wrap up because they were so good. So the first one you said is learning that we can adapt to almost any situation. So yeah, it sounds, yeah, you gave us some good examples. Yeah, of that was things. awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else um, with that thought that you'd like to share? Um, I think just learning, uh, learning to see things differently, like adapting there are some things that we just can't do the same. Like we went to um, Mexico in June, July, July. And um, Jack and I, we had taken our son Jack and, and we wanted to go snorkeling, but it, the way that to get down to the snorkeling area just was not going to work for Dan. There were so many stairs and, all this. And so he's like, I'll just hang out up here and, and watch the dolphins or something. Cause it was at a, this big water place anyway. Um, and it, I had to just say, okay, we can, we can do this. I'm just, I'm, I'm not codependent, <laughs> but everything I do in life is more fun when I do it with Dan. And so mm -hmm. I just always want him to be with me when we do stuff. Right. It's, it's just, and so learning to just see things differently and, and be okay with it has been, that's probably the biggest adaptation we've had to make. Like, yeah. And I'd, I'd say for me, again, it goes back to things that I learned as a kid with Jason. It's not, it's not a, a physical limitation. It's a mental adaptation that needs to, that he always could just adapt to a situation. We'd figure something out. He'd figure something out. He'd say, okay, Dan, you need me to, you need to do this, or you need, I need your help doing this. Great. We'll figure it out. Um, so it was more of a mental shift as opposed to, uh, you know, something that needed to be done physically. Yeah. And I, I was really glad that we took that trip because Mexico is not very wheelchair friendly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of pushing through dirt and over cobblestones and, and 
rocks and sand and um and getting in and out of all different kinds of cars and it was that was a big moment i think for us just seeing hey we did it we can travel because we love to travel and so you know just being able to that really taught us like we can just figure it out as we go yeah you don't have to give up traveling you just have to yeah adapt the way you're doing it yeah that probably felt really good yeah Yeah. (laughs) another thing that kind of stood out as you were saying that is I thought um it sounds like you've gotten really good at acceptance as well you know like accepting that maybe he couldn't go down to snorkel but then adapting the situation you know I feel like it's kind of a two-part thing and sometimes in life acceptance like the hardest part you know but Maybe what just for our own mental and like emotional well being, that's such an important step. So as you were saying that, I had that thought and yeah. Yeah. And I'm definitely getting better at at letting that move move through me faster. Because it used to be I that would be so hard. Torn up about stuff for a long time. (laughs) I'd get just Oh yeah. I'd get so sad and it would I'd be all been out of shape for a few days but then I just learned how to okay well this is how it is so let's roll with it you know which you know some some days I do better than others but part of the process well I feel like that's an awesome example to us of that and anyway yeah very admirable yes um and then the second one you said um was growing stronger because of the mountains you've had to climb yes so I mean (laughs) This one, Dan, I think, has has set an incredible example to me of endurance. Um, not only, like, mentally, but physically, like, when he's dealing with this constant nerve pain. So that, that's something I don't think we've mentioned much. Um, but in the last, how many months? Probably three or four or five months. Nerve pain has been almost a constant thing since probably last October. Mm-hmm. But um, recently we've just learned some new things about how to help nerves heal. And so we're trying it. We're trying some <laughs> things that are putting, testing him to the max. Like he is constant nerve pain from his hips to his toes and yeah. like wow. all the way. Ironically, my back doesn't hurt at all. well it just doesn't seem fair like if you're yeah to have pain yeah man and that's just something you don't think of yeah like we we just don't think of that looking at you know people probably don't even realize that that's something else you're having to face yeah yeah that's definitely I think the silent torture right now because and and he just he deals with it so well I mean I see him sometimes like, you know, just you ha- it, it catches his breath, you know, he'll stop talking for a second because it gets so extreme. But then just knowing that he's dealing with that all day, all day, mm-hmm. every day, and you'd never know by looking at him. So wow. his endurance is amazing. Well, I hope those new things work. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, for myself, though, Me I've... Too. I am learning, I'm growing stronger in my um, belief in my own abilities. Um, And this is my own journey because I've relied so much on Dan, you know, having a tall husband and, and very hands on and Mr. Fix it, you know, he fixes everything. Well, since the accident, I was trying to list a few of the things that I've had to do that 
I have not done before this. Um, I have changed a tire in 18 degree weather in the snow in a parking lot, changed a tire on my car. I installed our microwave. We got a new microwave and I installed it. I um, changed yeah. out some light fixtures. We changed out some light fixtures and Dan obviously can't reach the ceiling anymore. So I got to do that. And there's just lots of things that I'm realizing, like I'm more capable than I thought I was because mm. it was so easy to just say, hey, Dan, fix this Yeah. <laughs> before. And now I'm realizing like I can do this. I'm, I'm getting stronger. And, and yeah. to the whole family, like, right, you know, Emma and the boys, they've, they've all done things that in the past I would just do. Like I would just say, yeah. you know, we're going to, we're going to do this. Um, Molly, <laughs> we did, we did some breaks on her car, right? Oh it's yeah. Just, just mm. something that I would do myself and just quietly go out to the garage and spend an hour doing something. And then he comes back in and it's magically fixed. And now it's like, I'm doing yeah. a couple of those, those guys out. Which is actually, it's it's a failure on my part because I should have been doing this all along. Like I should have had, <laughs> I, should, them I should have had Michelle installing microwaves way back when. <laughs> Maybe this is the Lord's way of forcing him into it. Yeah. Like here, you need to teach your boys how to do this. Yeah. Yes. And your girls. Well, but yeah, so once I yeah. teach everything I know, maybe this maybe the pain will go away. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Oh. That's awesome. No, that's great. Well, and that's the thing as parents, you know, yeah, we often do things, but I think it's really neat that, you know, you guys are rising to the occasion and being able to do those yeah. things that you didn't maybe even realize you could. So and with down there to coach you yeah <laughs> and say you this along. is yes. what you do to install that light or whatever you know yeah that's cool yeah yeah i'm the i'm the person handing tools like okay yeah screwdriver. yes this is dan's lesson in patience because he could do these things like 10 times faster than <laughs> i could and so he's like oh yeah okay Good job, honey. <laughs> oh, which is great. Yeah, that's great that he We're can. We're learning together. <laughs> yes, yes. I love that. And okay, the last point you made, which I loved, is knowing what you're made of. So yeah, if you want to kind of what you were that. touching on a little yeah, bit. That yeah. You're like, oh, I can change a tire in the snow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one, I think, is, is I would think of it more as like a confidence to face the future. Mm. Like, probably the biggest fear like the the reason we were so I was so fearful in the beginning is you just don't um it, it, fear comes from the unknown right we're not mm. we're only afraid of the dark because we're afraid of what we can't see and mm. so to me this has given us confidence and we're not as afraid of the future anymore because um we've been through a lot and we've been able to conquer a lot and we've had hills and valleys and, and that has given us, I think the confidence to face the future without fear. Hmm. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's really I beautiful. Would classify that one. That's why she writes the, the blogs. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. I'm like, that sounds like she, I couldn't, I was like, I couldn't even write what she just said. And she just said, I it. know. And she said it so beautifully. <laughs> oh, you're funny. I had, a Amazing word. I had a Q word here on my notes. Confidence. <laughs> yes. That, that word was, got me started. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's, I love that. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that 
kind of, even just that thought wraps up just your whole, I think, experience, like knowing what you're made of, you know, I feel like, and it's really neat to hear you say that, like the whole, the quote, can you say that again? The fear and then. I loved that. It was, you're, you're only in the know, dark. What did I, say? I know when it, you said, yeah, it, this is just an idea that has been stewing in my mind that just that we're afraid of the dark because we're afraid of what we can't see. Wow. And yeah. it, we're, it's, it's really a fear of the unknown that, right. you know, we like to be comfortable. We like to know what we're doing and how to do it and all these things. And so being pushed into a place where you don't know what's, going to be what it's going to look like, how you're going to survive, how you're going to, you know, make it through things. Um, I think that fear has been diminished over the last year just because of the things that we've been able to do. Right. Yeah. Because I think there's always certain things, I mean, in our minds or whatever, like, oh man, I don't know how I could ever do that. You know, like certain things, but you guys have now been through something that you probably thought, I don't know how I could ever do that. I know I think that, but now you have, and, (laughs) and now, you know, you know, like, and so I think that's just a really cool, like probably unintended, not wanted, but like blessing of this whole thing is yeah. That fear that, you know, maybe I couldn't get through something like that. Well, now, you know, you can. So that's really amazing. To that that point, I, I think, I think almost, I think everybody has that in them as well. And Hmm. it, hopefully it's never exposed in their life where they have to, you know, exercise those muscles and go through something as traumatic as this to, to, you know, rise above. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 the more I'm exposed to people and, and human beings, we are, I mean, just such an amazing, we, we have such incredible capacity for, um, overcoming trials, overcoming hardships. Sometimes it's, right. it's sad that it takes a, a trauma like this in order to do it. I guess that's the, the lesson is to not wait for something traumatic to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? but then, then there are ways though, that you don't know that you had growth capacity in, in a certain area, you know, that you, we would not have known that this is like the only way we could learn this. And, you know, lots of people with different trials have talked to me and, and some of them will say, well, I know it's nothing compared to what you're going through. And I'm like, no, every trial, you know, we all face hard things. And the more that we can share with each other, the hard things that we go through, that vulnerability builds connection and helps us all feel stronger. Like we can all, you know, benefit from helping each other through our hard things because like someone else may be facing a trial that I could help them with just like people have helped us with this trial, you know? And so, um, there is no comparing, you know, everyone goes through the trial that they have to go through to become their best selves. And if this is what we have to go through to become our best self, then I guess that's what we'll do. Right. Yeah. And I love that vulnerability builds connection because, Mm -hmm. you know, like most of us will never go through the exact same thing as someone else, but we will have similar hard things and trials and um, things that come into our life, but we can learn from each other. And if we are, if we open up and share that, then you, I mean, I know you guys are going to help people that are listening to this today because you've already like helped Lindsay and I so much. And that's why we wanted you on here Mm -hmm. is because we know that you can help people with whatever is going on in their lives. Um, 
to get through it. So, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as you were saying that. And, um, I mean, I think that's, yeah, we're just so grateful that you would share. And I, I just know so many people are going to be so inspired by your story. And like you were saying, like, hopefully no one has to go through this level of trauma, but just so amazing that you're willing to share it and that we can all learn from you. So I'm just super grateful. And yeah, and I'm just grateful we know you guys. Like, thank you for being such wonderful neighbors and friends all these years. And yeah, we're just, and we're so grateful. Thank you guys. Yeah, we're grateful, Dan, that you're with us. Like, like it hit me. Like I was saying earlier in this, in this interview, I'm so grateful that you're here. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Me too. Well, yeah. uh, Thanks so much for all the beautiful wisdom and everything that you've shared with us. It's just just we're actually talked several times hoping that we could have you guys on so we're just so happy that it worked out Mm -hmm. well thank you yeah Yeah. and at the end of our interviews uh, we always ask how do you find beauty in life after going through this transition I I think this is another one I think this is another area where it's we find beauty differently because (laughs) he's facing a different trial than I am Mm -hmm. you know um so I don't know. I think the beauty for me comes in the growth and the ability that, and the confidence that I've found in myself, the things that I've learned about myself, um, since then. And, and more than that, like the beauty I find in all struggle, like as other people struggle and as they share their struggles with me. And I've found that just, I love to be able to lift anyone up that is struggling um because so many people lifted me up when i was struggling and and that um connection that we have because we're all human and we all face um the challenges of being mortal you know that we all we all are going to face hard things and um so that's why i would never want to be like put on a pedestal (laughs) like we are still just human we have bad days but um I just, I love the connection that comes from, from sharing our trials with other people. I'd say for, for me, um, have, having been in a situation before where I was again, very independent and, um, I, I, I liked to go help people do things. I like to go, um, you know, serve other people or, or try to try to do things most of my service was in the physical form. I would go move rocks or I'd go do something, you know, help people move. You know, move yeah. Do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Move. Whatever. For me, that the shift that has happened for me, I'd say, it, and the beauty that I'm seeing in it is having other people serve us. And mm-hmm. that's not, it's been a hard thing. It was a hard thing and it is a hard thing for me. And so it goes back to like asking for help and being, being patient while people, give of themselves and, and show that love has been, has been so beautiful to me. Um, and that's something that I a hundred percent have taken for granted my entire life. Um, so to be able to have people give generously friends, neighbors, you know, give of their time of their, um, both of you guys, by the way, you guys were both Yes. Part of our army of angels that lifted oh. us up with meals. When I say, when I say neighbors, I'm, I'm implying you guys as well. Yeah. You're, you're right on the other side of the neighborhood there. <laughs> but having having seen and felt the love of other people um, has been something that's been overwhelming for me. 
So I just, I wanted to share one last um, quote that I thought was awesome. And so Dan used to joke and say that, you know, people say when one door closes, another one opens. And Dan would say, if one door closes, go open it. That's how doors work. (laughs) And that that just, that's Dan's, how his mind works. And I just love it. I think it's hilarious. But I did find a quote along those lines that I just wanted to share. Um, It says, doors close regularly in our lives. And some of those closings cause genuine pain and heartache. But I do believe that where one such door closes, another opens and perhaps more than one with hope and blessings in other areas of our lives that we might not have discovered otherwise. We see many joys and sorrows in the world, many changed plans and new directions, many blessings that do not always look or feel like blessings, and much that humbles us and improves our patience and our faith. We have all had those experiences from time to time, and I suppose we always will. And I just, I love that thought because... You know, for for the few days that were really scary in the beginning and wondering if we could ever find joy in life again and if we would ever laugh and have fun. And it was actually a long time that I wondered that if if we would ever be happy again and if we could find happiness in our new life. And I'm so happy to say that we have <laughs> that we've been. Yes. Yeah. You know, we're not, our trials aren't over for sure, but. But, you know, to be able to have overcome the mental challenge of, of being afraid of the future, I think that has been a huge blessing in our lives. So, yeah, thank for you sure. for sharing that. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Like, I mean, and it's been really neat to see just through, again, through, through your posting and your beautiful words that you're willing to share. Like, that's also vulnerable for you to get on there and share, you know, I'm sure put your words down like that. So it's been really beautiful to watch it. And I think that's why it did resonate so much with me is because it was, it felt, you know, so honest. You weren't sugarcoating things. Yeah. We're finding the beauty, but admitting the hard times as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we say, because you are such a great writer, but you haven't sugarcoated. And I think the honesty, but also, um, I don't know, just like the purity of, of your words and just, you're very well, or you're very good at, um, expressing like the beauty that you found. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. So well. Yes. Well, this has been awesome. I love talking to you guys. Yeah. You guys are so great. Thanks so much for making the time. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Thanks for taking a little break of your day to talk to us. Yes. (laughs) Can't wait to share this with others. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like a lot of people will love hearing it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and would love if you subscribed to the podcast and followed along as we continue hearing more inspiring stories. You can also follow us on Instagram at Beautiful Shifts Podcast, where we will post updates with our latest interviews. We'd like to thank the band We The Lion for giving us permission to use their beautiful song Move Along for our podcast. Take a minute to listen to the song and the lyrics and enjoy. I find a way to know myself All my thoughts are mine again And begin to understand where to go Now it's time to move along Now it's time 
to move along Take this journey as my own Feel the strength right in my bones All I want is to believe Life is my own Life Journey.